the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following is paid programming and does not necessarily express views, opinions, and beliefs of 94.5 WGTK The Answer and our parent company, the Salem Media Group. The sponsor of this program is solely responsible for its content. And good afternoon. Welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. I am Geddes Brannon sitting in for Roger Metz as he and Taylor have decided to take a trip into the Alaskan wilderness. He's supposed to be calling in at some point today. If he has signals, so we'll see how that happens. But we have a lot of cool things for you today on the show. We have a Forcebook Cup recap. We're going to talk about Clint Davis winning the Forcebook Cup on Lake Wachita last week. A very good friend of our show, Brandon Cobb, finished ninth, making that his fourth top ten in a row in the Forcebook Cup and the FLW Championship. A look going into Waddington next week on the St. Lawrence River up, up above Canada, up, up near Canada. And, uh, we're going to have two of the largest personalities in the outdoors, James Overstreet and Mark Zona from Zona's All-Sufficient Show. Overstreet, a world-renowned photographer, it's going to be a really fun show. Those guys have a good time. They've been on, on shows together. They've filmed TV shows. They've been on radio. It's going to be a fun time today. Um, Paul just told me we had a – do we have something from Roger? I think we do. I think Roger has – has somehow gotten us a message from Alaska. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Roger. And I'm Taylor. And we're on our father-daughter trip to Alaska. And contrary to whatever Geddes said about us being lost in the wilderness <laughs> and not being able to call in a day, it's not true. We're fine so far, <clears throat> right? Well, we still got almost a week to go. We still have a week to go. So I wouldn't count on anything right now. <laughs> We're not making any promises about not being lost <laughs> in the Alaskan wilderness. But uh, so far, the, man, the trip has been great. Um, done a lot. Taylor's caught some salmon. Yeah. Uh, the the rainbows on Montana Creek have eluded me again. <laughs> More for the high water than anything. It's uh, it's still up. From the they actually had a, uh, a typh- the remnants of a typhoon come through last week and dumped seven inches of rain and fifty mile an hour winds and so it's it's messed up the fishing up north here, which is essentially why we're here now. Uh, fixing to go in. We're gonna actually going to be in Denali tomorrow when the show's going on and. You play the weather game when you come to Alaska. You know, we got here. They had all the rain up the parks, up the Susitna Valley. And down south was nice. So we, we instead of going north like we originally planned on, we went south. We went down the Russian River and Cooper Landing, Alaska, and stayed in the campground a couple of days. Had some red squirrel visits. Um, some grouse. Had some grouse come around the camp and all. Taylor got to see her bear. Oh, yes. And she wanted to oh, give him yeah. a hug. Well, I was like... Smoky, actually here. <laughs> it's not smoky, not the way he was eating salmon. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get in there near him. Uh, but yeah, saw the bear, saw our bear so far. Um, Taylor's caught her salmon, and I caught a few too. Don't get me wrong; I haven't been left <laughs> out of this thing. But but you play the weather game when you come to Alaska. So we went south originally. 
looked at the weather forecast and saw today was going to be 50 degrees and mostly sunny. And when you come to Alaska and you go into Denali to see Mount McKinley, less than 30% of people who ever go on the tour see the mountain. So I was fortunate enough to see it in 2011 when I had Jordan with me. And if the weather holds for tomorrow, we should see it again tomorrow, uh, seven years later. Almost to the day from when Jordan and I were in there, just a few days over seven years. And we're looking forward to that. After today, we're going to head up to uh, Fairbanks and camp out at Chena Lakes Recreation Area right along the Chena River. And we're going to stroll up down the Chena River for a couple days and catch some Arctic grayling. Which will, be, which will be different. Now, the the, the uh, salmon are not eating. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're dying. You know, the further they go at freshwater, and we've seen some dead ones on the side, and they just it's just the, the cycle, circle of life for a salmon. So we're, we're both ready to be fishing <laughs> for something that's actively eating and not just... Uh, chasing after yeah, it. Yeah, chasing after it in anger or something. It. So... Uh, it's going to be fun. Then, then we're going to head back south, hit the Matanuska Glacier for a few hours, and then we got, actually got a free day. So don't know what we're going to do there. We were supposed to spend one more night south, and because of the weather, we ditched that night, and we, we've got that to play with. So we either go back to Montana Creek when the water's down and try again, or go back to the Russian River. It's the confluence. Yeah, so it's, it's a free day. It's, it's nice to have a free day because we've been busy so far, six, seven miles a day. Hiking and, and walking the fish, been fun. Uh, I hope I hope we come back about ten pounds lighter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough about Alaska. I, I know Geddes is going to do a great job. I appreciate him uh, sitting in for me. Uh, he's he's got a couple of great guests, James Overstreet, Mark Zona. If you're if you're familiar with bass fishing at all, you'll know both those names, and and they ought to be. I've been around both of them a little bit, and, and with Geddes in the mix. Uh, ought to be good, um, interesting, fun, and I almost wish I was there just to sit in and listen. Uh, but I'm here, and I'm not getting there before tomorrow. Or for the, before you hear this tomorrow, it's still uh, Friday here. It's already Saturday there, which is kind of funny. It's four hours different. So I don't like it. I kind of <laughs> you don't like it, but you want to live here. Yeah. But if I lived here, I got used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. It is kind of a little bit different to try to stay in touch with home. But uh, anyway, I, I really appreciate Geddes uh, sitting in. Geddes, don't forget to make your hard breaks. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke we have going back to 2014. And then we get to talking, and we just run through those breaks. We just we just can't stop talking. So a- Angelo, remind Geddes to, to make his hard breaks and enjoy the show. There, there won't be a calendar of events this week. But if it was, it's always brought to you by Visit Anderson, Green Pond, and Landing and Event Center. But, uh, you know, hey, it's it's 44 degrees outside right now. We're in Denali Park, just outside the entrance to the, to, the, uh, to the main drag going into Denali. And it's going to be 34 degrees in the morning here. Pray for me, please. And Taylor's nose is, gets cold, so <laughs> she, she walks around with a buff on up here, which is just... It's funny to look at. And I lost it. And she lost hers, so now I have to give up mine so her nose doesn't freeze and drop off. But having said that, no counter, but and I know it's 90 degrees at home and humid as all get out. Nobody wants to go outside. But you need to make plans now to get outside so when it does get 40, 50 degrees at home, you know where you're going to go. You already know where you're going to spend those days outside. 
So I encourage you to to find something to do this fall and and go do it. But again, thanks, Geddes. I hope you all have a great show. Uh, look forward to being back next weekend, next Saturday. We fly in early Saturday morning, and Taylor, I think are, we're going to go in and maybe do a little recap show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while it's fresh on our mind. So hope you tune in again next Saturday. But have fun with this show. Uh, enjoy it. Laugh a little bit. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. We'll see you next week. Well, I'm sure I'm glad that Roger got us a good message from Alaska. Uh, he and Taylor sure do sound like they're having a good time. And, and what a great way to, uh, for a father and daughter to spend time together, be out in the, in the woods together and, and, uh, be out and, uh, just get to, just get to see what, what the, what the, outside and and what nature encompasses and and there's just so much of that nowadays and i know roger always says on the show that that you need to get out and see the back roads and really pay attention to what's around you and and not what's in front of you with your technological devices but as matt said we're gonna have a fun time and i think i have a good buddy on the line right now mr james overstreet overstreet can you hear me what's up bud how are you there buddy I'm doing good. Are you Thanks gl- for having are, me. Are you go- well, hey, no problem. Thank you for coming on here with me and having a good time. Uh, I know you have some people over here in South Carolina. I know I'm your favorite South Carolinian, but if you had to choose one more, who would that be? Well, then, Davey Hyde, it's, it's got to be my buddy JoJo Norwood over there. JoJo, that's my guy in, in South Carolina. I hope JoJo's listening because I know he is, he is always <laughs> ready to talk to you and all the time. As soon as he's on Facebook, social media, he's ready to go. Uh, you know, J.O.'s going to be on with us throughout the show today. We're going to have a couple breaks coming up. But uh, this is the first one, speaking of it. So as soon as this comes over, we'll get back to James Overstreet. He's going to talk a little duck hunting with y'all. And then we're going to bring our buddy Mark Zone on and we're going to talk some bass fishing. And we're back to Woods and Water, South Carolina with Geddes Brandon filling in for Roger Metz on 94.5 WGTK, The Answer. On the phone with me, I have James Overstreet, and uh, we have another good friend that just joined us on the other line by the name of Mark Zona with Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. You've seen him on, if you woke up early enough this morning, and tomorrow morning you can see him on ESPN2 with the Bassmaster TV Show. Z, are you there? I am here, Geddes, and... Uh... Good to be with you guys. It, uh, it with the cancellation of the last Elite Series, uh, it's been a while. It has. It's been quite a while, and I know that uh, that you and Overstreet got to spend a little time together and go fishing. And and I I teased the, the listeners a little bit and talked about uh, duck hunting with Overstreet. You know, he always goes fishing with you. I have a question: Does does James Overstreet ever take marks on a duck hunt? Uh, James Overstreet does, uh, let me answer, let me be just, uh, let's go behind the curtain for a minute here, Jettis, if you don't mind me let's saying. Go for it, oh, yeah, let's do that. Well, why don't we do that, Street? Here, here's what's interesting <laughs> is I have spent an unbelievable amount of time bass fishing with, with Street throughout the years. Uh, whether it's been taping, taping shows or goofing around. And, but the other side is I talk a big game hunting. Uh, but I'm bad at it. I mean, I am, I am really bad at it and, and I've never, uh, 
Overstreet's never invited me to have a loaded firearm in my hand with him. So, no. The answer is no. I mean, I cannot believe that. And, and you know, they say that Overstreet at one point in time before he decided to get out of the woods and, and shoot the camera instead of the shotgun, that he was one heck of a duck hunter over there in Arkansas. Overstreet, is there any truth to that? I mean, you know, I don't know. I was pretty mad at him at one time. I'm kind of over it now, but... uh I see a lot of you South Carolina buddies over here back in the day when I was in the woods a lot, and especially in the duck woods. So you probably have some listeners and some people that tune into your show that uh, they probably made some trips over here to Arkansas to hunt in the woods. So, um, but a little quick note, I saw this this morning. Uh, they might want to kind of keep up with this. The Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is actually talking about limiting the number of uh, days that non-resident duck hunters can hunt in Arkansas. So that's just a quick little note to throw in there. But, you know, I generally try to stay away from Zona with a loaded gun. It's true. <laughs> so y'all have had a, uh, had a long relationship uh, through media and, and, and bass fishing a lot through Bassmaster. Uh, I've heard the story about how uh, Overstreet, you and, you and Mercer met through Zona, but I have not heard the story of how you and Zona met. So, could you walk us through that? Because this is just kind of an Adventures of James Overstreet and Mark Zona uh, segment here. You know, I, you know, back before we started doing live and all these sort of things, you know, Zona was he would he and Tommy Sanders would come come into the, every tournament venue, and of course I was always on the water shooting photos for Bassmaster and. Every uh, tournament day, uh, Zona and, and Tommy would jump in the boat with me. So it was the three of us out on the water together for quite a few years, uh, every day at every tournament. So, you know, when you spend that much time in a boat with a guy, um, you get to know him and you get to be buddies and you want to hang out together. And so it just kind of went from there. Z, I'm sure you have an interesting take on this. Well, you know, actually, I'm going to rewind a little bit before that. Uh, Overstreet worked closely with Jerry McKinnis back in the, the days that we were tagging fish and, and tracking fish. Um, Overstreet was the wheels on the bus with that really. But I, and Street, I don't want to mistime this, but... It was kind of before he was the main the, the the main photographer for Bassmaster, so he was kind of around the tournaments and and Sanders, like like Overstreet said, you know Sanders and I went to every single event. Um, but what was interesting is I remember asking Overstreet, I was like, "Do you know a lot about photography?" And he's like, "Man, I don't know nothing." About, he's like, "Do you know anything about TV?" I'm like, uh, "No." no. And, and here's the thing, Gaddis. That is the God's honest truth. We kind of, I, I don't know, it's, it, it, it was a weird time because we were all, and you know, working for Jerry McInnes, and, and, and Jerry's a perfectionist, um, you don't have time to suck around that group or you end up disappeared. Uh, That's the best way to, to put it. Oh, he, knows, he, he knows. You're exactly right. But Z, can you back up for a second? What was it Overstreet told you? Man, do you know anything about TV, man? Man, he's like, man, did you go to school for TV or anything like that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything we're doing. 
<laughs> so, you know, you know what's funny is though you you look back on it. That was a long time ago. That's fourteen, fifteen years ago. Every there's a lot that has changed, and there's a lot that that is going to change. Um, but gosh, it was so fun to Sanders and and Overstreet and, and Bowman and and you know we, we were all best friends. Some days we'd be fighting like cats and dogs, but. Uh, we truly went into battle together and, and learned on the run. And, and I'll never, I'll never, ever take those days for granted now. Yes. No, we still, we still talk about it. You hear the, the term best of times and it, and that, and it truly was, I, I'd say that in a minute, that, that time period through there when we were doing those things uh, and all kind of just getting going and getting started, getting to know one another Truly the best of times. Well, I hate I missed it because I know the two of you have been great mentors, all jokes aside. And, and y'all have helped me through this uh, hit the ground running thing that we do over there at JM and for Bassmaster. So it's uh, it's been quite fun. And um, I know that, that Zona's had a lot of things go on with Zona Live and uh, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. And y'all fish together quite a good bit on the Outdoor Channel, among other places. Uh, tell me about some of your more interesting fishing trips, fishing shows. I think I was probably back in junior high, but we call it middle school now. Um, but I think I was in middle school, maybe even elementary school when y'all were back in your prime. <laughs> back in our prime. Dang. I love it. Dang, Trust me, the best days have passed us. <laughs> Yeah, you we know, had you know, some pretty good. We had, we we had some good shows, man. There's no doubt, and uh, we knocked them all out in one day. We just everything just when we would do a show, it just seemed like everything went right. And I don't know why that was. It just it just happened that way. Well, you know, I when I was out. when I was on set was on a a month ago. It was just one of those things to watch on a fish. I mean, if you're a pro and you decide that you are going to be Mark Zona's guest. uh you better have your rod in your hand the whole time, and you better be ready to catch some fish. It, you know what's uh, and I, it, it, it's been interesting because what's funny is I always use. There was one certain show that I always use as the bar that that we that I taped with with Overstreet, and and we've done several. I mean, we've done a bunch all over, and they, I don't know. Knock on wood, um, <laughs> Overstreet has been a has been a. Uh, uh, he's been a horseshoe every time he's been in the boat. And one of those shoots was down on Falcon Lake that I, I looked at Overstreet when he came down there. And I, th- I said, man, I, I I saw things out here the other day with I was with Jeff Cree. And it was when it was when Falcon was at its prime. Um, and, and you just had to go and go and go. And all of a sudden, uh, a collision would happen with. I know this sounds nuts, but a collision would happen with seven to, to eleven pound bass, and it was it was near midday, and it started. And when it started, uh, words cannot describe that footage because every now and then I'll rewatch that show, and and I, I remember taping that show, and Overstreet caught one. It was like a nine pounder, and I looked at cameraman Wes Miller, and I said, "You better remember this day because we ne- may never see this again." Now, is there a way for the listeners back at home to be able to watch this uh, this infamous Falcon show that y'all speak about? Uh, I believe it's on myoutdoortv.com. Uh, I, I, I believe it is, it is in that library on there. 
Now, speaking... Now, you, now, now go ahead, Zima. Uh, it's uh, myoutdoortv.com. I, I, but you know me, Gattis. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a website or an app. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Well, again, you, if you can find that, you do need to go back and check it out because you know you you a lot of people say like big fish. They don't do a lot of jumping. They don't you know they don't do all that much. They just kind of bulldog you and do a lot of pulling and that. But, dude, you will see the most pissed off fish over 10 pounds you have ever seen in your life on that show. Oh, I can believe it. And I look forward to talking a lot about this at the top of the hour, uh, but the bottom half of the hour, excuse me. And we're going to talk a little bit about Waddington coming up next week. Zona, you know a little bit about smallmouth fishing, and uh, so does Overstreet. And uh, we'll talk about the Forestwood Cup, which was right in Overstreet's backyard. Uh, that was one with uh, right under 40 pounds over four days uh, on Lake Washita last week. And a, a good friend of our show, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Cobb, finished in ninth place, uh, the making it his fourth in a row. Um, all four cups he's qualified for, he is finishing the top ten. So that's been really good, guys. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you. Sorry that Roger's off in the Alaskan wilderness, but we're going to do our best to to bring you what Woods and Water South Carolina is all about. All right, and going to the, we do not have the calendar events this week. I was looking to see if we could find those from Neil Paul over at Visit Anderson. Neil, we look forward to, that's another thing we need to talk about, guys. <laughs> we need to talk about coming back to Lake Hartwell for the Elite Series next year. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be during a different time period, a little bit different time period, but a couple weeks means everything with the winters that we have here. Um, and, uh, That'll be it. So y'all hang on through the top of the hour, and we will be back here at the end of this. Woodson Water, South Carolina. This is Gaddis Brandon sitting in for Roger Metz this week. I have on the line, in case you've missed it, James Overstreet, Mark Zona. Guys, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Right on. And Gaddis, you're you're killing it today, bud. Nailing it. There's no doubt. No doubt. Alright, while we're on that, let's just can we talk about Arkansas for a second? What's up with Lake Wachita? It took 36 pounds, 13 ounces to win a four-day tournament. Well, that's what happens when you come over here in August, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you come in, I, I fish that like, I don't know, probably more this spring and late spring than I have in a long time. And, I mean, man, you'd have 20, 30, 40 fish days over there. But it really wasn't that hard to do. 
but you get down to these dog days, and then of course the lake doesn't have the when the lake had coontail in it all over all over the lake. You know, I mean, it it would stay good even in the heat of the summer. But I mean, it's it's just uh, when you come over there in, in August, um, that's a tough place to fish. You know that. It's none of my business, but they're going to come back to Hot Springs. I mean, you got Lake Hamilton right there in town. I think I'd rather be on Hamilton than the summer. You got thousands of brush piles and hundreds of docks, and um, I don't know. Uh, it's just a tough place in, in August. Well, hats off to Clint Davis for winning that tough derby. Uh, like I said, he had 36 pounds, 13 ounces. Uh, and second place was James Nick Meyer with 29 pounds, 14 ounces, and Guys, those are two names that we're familiar with because they were with us last year on the Bassmaster Elite Series. And, you know, Clint had two two years of the Elite Series, and he, he went back to FLW. Zona, let me ask you this. Is two years long enough to actually prove what you can do on the Bassmaster Elite Series? <laughs> oh, I, I think a lot of factors go into that, Gettys. Um, you know, Street and I have been able to, through the years, you can genuinely tell – if if an angler when when he come comes into the elite series, you had better start swinging punches rel- relatively quickly, um, or, or you're gonna get you're gonna get in, in a downward spiral uh, in, in a bad way. You, with that being said, you know you look at guys like James Nigmeyer, who's been around for a long, long time, and you'd see you'd see spurts here and there in the elite series, but would would would, would really struggle with. Um, consistency and and looking at Clint Davis now he, here's what's interesting about that tournament that happened at Wachita was look when you go there this time of year there's three things to do you throw a top water at the bank you go throw a worm out deep or you chase schooling fish above and beyond that uh, you're chasing your own tail I think this is one of those tournaments um where a guy like Clint Davis, you didn't have voices. And, and what I mean by voices is you don't have a lot of techniques trying you one way or another way. And if you watched his final day, it was just a comfortable flow. That whole day, he could bunker into what he was doing, really, and that's what, what James did. Um, because there wasn't a, another two or three or four techniques that pride you away. And, and I think that's why those guys excel. And when they're catching that size of fish, I know he brought in the largest bag of the tournament um, on the last day. I think it was a little over 17 pounds. You compare that, and, and it's not even comparable, but you compare that to us going to Waddington next week when you're on a school of three-and-a-half pounders and you know that that's not going to work. Uh, you're right. You hunker down and you keep on fishing and you fish comfortably. Uh, moving to the Waddington event, uh, what's what's going to happen over there? I want both of your opinions on that, actually. Oh, you know, that I've actually, that's a place that I've taped with Overstreet. I've, I've fished that place a long time since I was in my late teens. And, and here's what's unique about Waddington. You can catch them very, very, very deep or very, very, very shallow. And uh, not to not to leave that area of the country, but my kids fished a tournament last weekend way up north on that same parallel, and there were smallmouth spawning 
everywhere last week, and I've never in my life seen that in the month of August. I'm curious to see if that population will be up shallow when we get there next week. And Overstreet has seen that with his own eyes. Yeah, it's going to be, um, you know, when we canceled the Chesapeake Bay tournament, um, I kind of thought that was going to be the tournament that was going to be the make-or-break deal. for That was going to be the one tournament, maybe that and Sabine, that were going to be the toughest deals for a lot of people. Um, But now you got it down to where this thing of the year race is going to get settled there, and you know, it, it took a, it did take a lot of people out of that race because the point, the points aren't going to be there for for that that thing to flip flop just a whole lot. So um, now with that know, though, Overstreet Bass did announce yesterday that they are now going to take sixteen people to the classic bracket and have right. three have three bursts from the classic bracket instead of just one and eight anglers. So, you know, they're trying to help those Freddie Rambanises, Brandon Coulters, those guys that are right there in the middle um, that really could have benefited from the shakeup of the Chesapeake Bay. But you're right, this Waddington tournament is going to have a lot of major uh, Toyota Angler Year implications. You know, that classic bracket deal we started doing is – that's to me. That's probably one of the neatest things that, that we've added, uh, and and taking that thing from eight to sixteen guys and giving them three classic bursts. Um, I tell you, man, that's really not a that's not a a, a bad what you know. You got to beat sixteen guys versus you know entire field. So um, that's one heck of an opportunity for three for three of those guys to um, make their way into the classic next year. And Z, will you be at Waddington, or will you be at the Angler of the Year Championship? Which one of these are you going to be at? I have been notified by by the seven bosses that Overstreet and I share <laughs> that I, I I will be at the Angler of the Year event. Um, I was supposed to do the Chesapeake, but they bumped me to the AOY. But with that, you know what's interesting about that Waddington tournament is is what Overstreet's talking about. You look at the top of the heap right now, and you look at Bradley Roy and how consistent he's been, okay? The scary thing about the, what he has to, to really overcome in these last two tournaments, these last two tournaments, your drop shotters are Josh Bertrand, Justin Lucas, Jacob Zona, are you still there? I think we might have lost Z. We'll try to get him back on the line, but... uh I still have my buddy James Overstreet, and I think we can. Final event. He's back. He's back. He's back. We lost you there for a second. You're talking about the drop shotters that uh, that Roy needs to hold off for these final events to to capture Angler of the Year. Yeah, that's going to be. And I apologize, guys. I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere, jumping on an airplane, going nowhere. Um, I, uh, <laughs> the, the the really the the guy that's got to be worried right now is Bradley Roy, just because. These next two tournaments are going to be big time electronics tournaments, and he's he. At least I haven't seen him do a lot of that in the coverage we've had. And Overstreet, I see a name in ninth place in Angler of the Year that uh, that you say is pound oh, yeah. for pound the uh, the, the toughest the guy in professional fishing. The, the Golden Ram, yeah, the Clifford Perch. 
uh, he's got a pretty stout record up up there. You know, he's got a lot of points to make up. That's and you know that's that's going to be the problem is uh, not a, not as much time to make them up. But yeah, Clifford Parks pound for pound, he's the toughest guy to me in bass fishing easily. And then you have Justin Lucas running you down with with Bradley Roy. With Bradley Roy, he's definitely in contention. Uh, that's definitely not a uh, not a pack uh, lacking any any experience with Brent Chapman, who's one angler a year. And then you have Casey Ashley, of course, always in the mix. Ott Defoe, Dean Rojas, uh, Jack Barazin, Clifford Perch, and then rounding out the top ten with Jacob Wheeler. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting tournament, and um, you know what kind of what kind of weights do you think we're looking at there, Z? Oh, as far as weights up at Waddington, yeah. Uh, I mean, you you got to have twenty across the board, man. You got to have twenty across, and, and that's what's you know what's really scary for for your guys that are in this Angler of the Year race. With that being the final tournament before we go to the AOY Championship. And Overstreet knows this. You you can have 17 pounds at Waddington on the St. Lawrence River, and you find yourself in 70th place. I mean, that's, that's one of those scary bodies of water that you can get on a pile of three-and-a-half-pounders, and that ain't going to cut it. Um, you've got to be sniffing that 20-pound mark every single day there. Oh yeah, and and that's exactly what we talked about with uh you know I, I talked with Bradley the other day about actually finding your seventeen to eighteen pound mark fish, and he said it's just hard it's hard to leave that quality of fish you know even though you know it's going to take twenty pounds a day, and that's what it took when Van Dam won last time we were there, and I, I know it it took more than that when uh when Polnick was there the time before, and um, yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting tournament. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what I like to know what Bradley's mindset is, and the, you know every guy's usually got a number in their head when they start out every day. Um, you know what his numbers are going to be. Obviously, you know he's going to be thinking, "I need 20, I'd, I'd love to have twenty twenty one, but you know what do I think I can get away with?" You know, that's definitely going to be the case. Z's right. You're going to have that. It's going to stack up so much at that 17 and a half, 16 and a half, 17 and a half, 18 pound mark. Man, you could be ounces uh, and be 30 places away from where you want to be. All right, guys, we have a lot more bass fishing to talk. Well, about 15 more minutes of it as soon as we come back from this break. Thanks again to James Overstreet and Mark Zona for being on the line with us. We'll be right back with you. Your exclusive Mohawk Color Center Elite dealer in the upstate, located at 2111 North Pleasantburg Drive. And remember, your Your feet deserve our floors. Tell you what, Roger's got some music picked out for these intros and outros. I, I like these pretty good. Sounds like something Z might be listening to when he's shaving off Seth Fighter's mullet. Uh, that was a that was quite a good time, Zona. Was that was that TV making history? Uh, you know, I um, I, I really don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> it was the only thing you were there, Dennis. You had a front row seat to that disaster, and it's really 
right when we started catching them, and I just wanted to shave the dude's head and be done with it. And for the listeners that don't know, Seth Fighter is a fantastic fisherman, and uh, as Overstreet would say, uh, he has a fantastic flow as well. So, uh, you know, Zona kind of took the lion and shaved his mane off, but he's still catching them. And, uh, you know, as soon as you start shaving his head, I had a... I had Middleton in my ear, and I was in there. He goes, "Get in the get in the boat, show a uh, show fighter what his hair looks like." And I get in there, and uh, if the hair cutting was not bad enough, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to Bassmaster.com and look this up. If 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 the hair cut not cut was not bad enough, uh, Zona went to cutting his eyebrows. He cut a couple different slots in his eyebrows, and uh, I just remember you looking back at me saying, "Gettis, do not move." <laughs> You know, what's funny about that whole experience was Seth looked at me the night before and he said, hey, he said, I got to get on the road for the next month. Are you good at cutting hair? And I said, Seth, number one, yes. Number two, I've trained yeah. my whole life for what could happen tomorrow. And it happened. <laughs> it, it's almost, yeah, I'm not going to lie, it's almost something that you would have seen back in the days when Overstreet and I would have roomed together. About two hours after a weigh-in, you would have seen something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't cutting my hair, man. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> and, and what is it you always say, Zona? Overstreet had the beard back in the day when it was cool, and then he just decided not to shave it off during the time period that it kind of went out of style. <laughs> My, I remember. I remember my mom. My, my I have a very Italian mother. I brought her to a weigh-in once, and she looked at Overstreet and she goes, "Oh, who's that man?" And I said, "No, mom, not who is that man. What is that man?" <laughs> All right, Overstreet. Let's uh, let's back up a little bit here. So Overstreet is uh, he has been a part of the Leap series as the main photographer, and he was a fish catching machine for Jerry McKinnis back when they used to track the fish. And I've heard numerous stories about Overstreet in Greenland and, and Sweden and wherever else he's been. He was uh, he's in the military at one point. He put in potholes another time, and and one time he even ran a roundup business. So he's done a little bit of everything. And if you ever need to ask Overstreet any questions, he's very vocal on social media. So, uh, but what he's most known for is his uh, is his photography. Uh, Overstreet, tell me a little bit about what what makes James Overstreet. a philosophical question, but I want to know what makes James Overstreet. When you look through the lens of that camera and you see what you see, I've been trying to figure it out for the last year and a half since you've given me a camera and said, here, go shoot. <laughs> Just don't back focus. I don't know, man. I mean, I really, you know, when I do these uh, webinars or whatever you call them, or I talk to a photography class or somebody asks me, you know, I guess you kind of get asked, you know, what your deal is a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I just kind of maybe I see things a, a little bit different than than than, than some people do, or m m maybe most people. I mean, you shoot with your eyes. I mean, you can have all the best camera gear in the world. You hand it to somebody else, they're not going to do um, the same thing with it that that you might. 
So um, I think it's an, it's all how you see see the world differently, guys, and how you pay attention to every. You know, you don't just uh, you don't see the whole of it. You know, you see pieces and parts of things. And I mean, you can learn how to do it. I, I suppose, obviously, you, you can work on it. But um, you know, that's your job is um, is to is to learn to see all the little pieces and parts and slow down and uh, tell a tell a story with uh, what you shoot. You know, it's not. You know, the toughest days on the water, like I've told you, or, or when you're on a guy that's not catching fish, but you still got to, you can still <clears throat> do something with that, and that's your job. So, you know, and, and in the fishing world, I think maybe I, it maybe helps me that I've been around it my entire life, and um, maybe I have a little bit of a knowledge about all those little pieces and parts that make up the world of fishing, you know. Going fishing is uh, starts when you you know start tying your baits on. So there's a lot to it, and that's uh, your job to to show all of that. Well, you've definitely been a storyteller that a lot of people look to to uh, to really paint the picture of what's going on. And I'm sure next week at Waddington, there will be a lot of people looking on Bassmaster.com to try to figure out uh, what's going to happen and what's going on, and and listening to Z and uh, listening to Zona and 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 Tommy Sanders and and Height and. And listen to what they have to put in, and and there, I'm sure there's a lot of young listeners listening. And and uh, Zona, you, you talk to a lot of young people a lot of times, and and I'm I'm an example of it. Uh, you don't always have to prepare uh, to become a professional fisherman out of college or out of high school. You can still work in the fishing industry and still have a lot of fun with it. What kind of words would you give to the younger audience listening? Oh, you know, I, you know, I'll actually give them some advice that 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 Overstreet gave me years ago, uh, and I mean this. And it was interesting listening to what James was talking about uh, about his career. Is is Overstreet and I have a a, a a saying? We always say, "Slow down, folks," and, and it's 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 a saying that Overstreet would say to me all the time. Um, I, I get going 900 miles an hour, and, and a lot of times you get going too hard. You, you don't take time to look around. And, and you know, one of, one of the things that I could tell you, and I pass this on to my kids, is, you know, my kids fish what I think my kids fish like 27 tournaments a week right now. <laughs> and and, and they, they eat it, they breathe it, they live it. And, and one of the things I've taught my children is to slow down and not get wrapped up in the fireworks. And, and what I mean, what I'm saying right there is you, you look at high school fishing and college fishing and, and all the television and, and media. It, here's the thing. Put on a T-shirt, put on your hard hat, and go catch them. Don't worry about all, don't worry about all the carnival going on. Just catch them and keep to me the best advice i could give a young angler is t-o-w time on water that's it and that's some that's a wild, long answer that's that, a long answer bro that, that is and and you could go on for days with that we have about five minutes until i think this machine cuts me off roger said in his pre-recorded segment that i didn't really know what uh, heartbreaks were but uh i think i'm gonna find out today whether i figure it out or not 
But, uh, guys, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I appreciate both of you individually and and uh, and helping me out in my career and 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 sharing your uh, sharing y'all stories. You know, a lot of people like to hear uh, what happens on the road, and I'm sure you know these next few weeks are going to be some interesting weeks in the sport of bass fishing. And I, I think that there's a lot of things that are that are going on. Angler of the year is going on. Uh, you know, one thing we did not mention though. Uh, going back to when you talked about Texas, is uh, Lake Fork was announced yesterday. So Texas Toyota Bassmaster Fest is going to be a good time next year. That's going to be some big fish caught. That's going to be a good. I did the first uh, Toyota. What do they call it? Thing back in the day. The first, the first one of those Toyota events they had uh, like that was actually on Lake Fork. You know, it's hard to get a terminal on Lake Fork because you can't keep fish. So that tournament format allows us to go there and uh i can tell you from that first rodeo we had there that that's going to be a large time on lake fork that's going to be a good one. Oh, i'm sure it will well, be there, there, there was there was rumor after rumor after rumor that we were going to lake fork and it finally came true that, so that was the big rumor that. in the fishing industry i'm glad it got out you know <laughs> <laughs> amen to that, <laughs> You just keep on doing you, get us. <laughs> hey, J.O., that's not going to be a problem. I, I'm just, like I said, I'm I'm appreciative of both of y'all. I'm glad you're on here. And, hey, that is a very interesting note that I will leave for Roger that you noted at the beginning of the show about the non-resident permits for uh, for duck hunting in Arkansas. Um, and yeah, you'll have a lot of guys in South Carolina that'll want to know about that because they they come here and, and they come here in big numbers. So the South Carolina duck hunters, they probably need to keep up with that. Well, listen here, guys. I really appreciate y'all coming on. I'm sure I will see uh, at least one of you next week, and I'm sure I'll be talking to talking to Z through live, and and we'll have a good time at Waddington. Real quick before we leave, give me your two guys over Street Start. Two guys where Waddington? At Waddington. Ugh. I'm gonna go Golden Ram, Cliff Perch. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I want to go Van Dam, but I'll give you. Enough. I'm gonna go Justin Lucas for the AOY and tournament win. Oh, big pick, Z. You got about 15 seconds to pick your two. Overstreet was he was he was having a hard time there. Give me some Jonathan Van Dam. We ain't seen him at the oh, top yeah. here too. I'm gonna take some JVD and I'm gonna splice it up with some Jacob Horosnik. Oh yeah, I like that. That's well, guys, good. thank y'all so much again. Thank you everyone for listening to Woods and Water, South Carolina on WGTK. The Answer, ninety four point five. The Answer with uh, Roger Metz. And always remember, as Roger says, as you're going on the show, as you're taking off today. Go on the back roads, look around, take your cam with you. Roger will be back next week. Thank you again for listening in.
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.